Romans 1, Romans 1, verse 16. We're only going to read two verses today, but it's so jam-packed, I couldn't go on um, to any more verses. Paul the Apostle writes, he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes it when it is preached to them. For the Jew first and also for the Greek or for the Gentile, which is who we are. For, it, for in it, that is in the gospel of Christ, the righteousness, everybody say righteousness, the righteousness of God is revealed. In the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. And how is it revealed? It is revealed from faith to faith. I'm going to explain that. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your awesome word. Thank you that it is indeed a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. Thank you that it gives us instruction. It is good for instruction, for correction. Lord, it helps us understand. It encourages us. And so thank you that we can lean on your word. And we do that in this hour, Lord, because there are many, many false teachings, false prophets, uh, false teachers, God, that you want us to be aware of. So thank you, Holy Spirit, that you teach us. You are the teacher. You are the teacher of God's word. We give you thanks for it all. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everyone said, amen. And so tonight I want to talk about understanding the power of the gospel, or just the gospel, understanding the gospel. You say, Pastor Randy, I think I understand the gospel. Yes, you do. But you're going to understand more. You're going to understand the power of it, how it operates, and why it's so important to share it. He says, Paul the Apostle says, that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. In other words, there were some, I'm sure, of Paul, in Paul's day who would change the gospel or would not preach it because they were timid or afraid. And there's many people when persecution arises, many people are ashamed to admit they're Christians. But I don't want you to be one of those people as persecution arises and as all of those things happen. I want you to be bold. I want you to be able to say, I know him, I cannot deny him. And I don't want it to be out of emotion because if, if and when persecution comes or you're challenged in some way, and these times, we just went through the book of Revelation, so you know the times and seasons that we're in. Uh, it's very important to have such a great conviction, an unshakable conviction in your heart about who Jesus is and why you serve him. So important. And so I've often said, well, why would Paul say I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ? It's because so many people betrayed Christ and he saw it, or they just didn't have the foundation that they needed, that when persecution came, or when trials came, or whatever, like the parable of the sower, 
the parable of the sower, only, only one-fourth of all the seed and the four, four types of ground that the seed was planted on, only one produced fruit. Others, they, you know, it's just the devil came, it was persecution, it was the times, whatever, and they faded away. So not being ashamed means that the opposite of being ashamed is that you're grounded and faithful, you're not moving off of that conviction. This is something that you have, you are founding your life upon. Put a gun to my head, do whatever you, throw me in jail, I'm not coming off of my conviction. And so this is an important part of your faith. But Paul also says, he says, it is the power of God. Somebody say amen. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. Now, this is a great treasure on the inside of you, this gospel message. Just the message itself contains the power of God. The message itself, when the words come out of your mouth, it contains the germinating, life-giving power of God. It is able, it's like seed that is planted in somebody's heart, and they can't, they can't shake it, or the power of God begins to move in their heart, and it begins to bring forth fruit, which the first fruit that begins to develop is faith in that message, in that gospel message. And it's all supernatural. It's the power of God contained in the gospel. I want you to know just how important this is. The treasure of God is the gospel of Jesus. And you have, you have this treasure Paul says, in this earthen vessel, and it's an eternal treasure. It will never fade away. It'll never pass away. It's something that you can hold on to, base your life upon. It's like that word where they, he built his house upon the rock or the sand. You're building your house upon the gospel, the good news of Christ, that he saves, that he heals, that he delivers that he is with me. He is always with me. He's working with me. He's patient with me. He's answering my prayers. It's all the good news. Somebody say amen. He's healing my body, everything, all things. God is working and moving by his power in our lives. Hallelujah. So you have this treasure of the gospel in your being, in your spirit, in your life. And you have to recognize that the power of God, the reality of God, uh, and the revelation of God is in the gospel of Jesus. Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1. He says this, <clears throat> and he understood, he understood that this was such a treasure it, 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 it was the catalyst of his ministry. Listen to this. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. We do not get discouraged. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. 
but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if I, even if our gospel, there's if our gospel, it's a fill in the blank there, is veiled. It is veiled. Listen to this: who are perishing, whose minds the God of this world, that is the devil, has blinded who did not do not believe lest the light of the gospel or the glorious gospel the glory of god the glory of christ lest the light of the gospel of the glory of christ who is the is the image of god should shine to them let me explain something to you when you carry the gospel with you and you are intending to share it you want others to get involved. You might not be able to share it every day, but you're praying for people. You want people to hear this good news because you know that when they hear the gospel, God goes to work. They may reject it, but the Holy Spirit goes to work. Somebody say amen. But look at what you're dealing with here. And this is where people get so discouraged in sharing the gospel. And I don't want you ever to get discouraged about sharing the gospel. People may reject it, they may reject you, but don't become discouraged because you're just not dealing with that person. You're dealing with evil spirits. Once you start sharing the gospel, the devil comes out. I mean, he's, he's coming out and, and he is intending to discourage you and keep you from sharing the gospel or praying for people. Notice this. If the gospel is hidden and people do not receive it, guess what's happening? They are being blinded by Satan himself. They are being blinded by demonic influences. They are being blinded by their own passions, their own desires, the things of this world. And we see it so often. And so Paul says this. He makes it very clear. His ministry was so incredibly powerful I mean, people were getting saved. They were getting healed. He was a genuine apostle. He's an apostolic leader, great uh, man of God, but he never forgot how important the gospel of Jesus was to those who had never heard. And so he shared it, but he never, he never forgot that this was veiled. This gospel cannot be seen by people unless you rebuke those spirits that are trying to blind them, and you're asking the Holy Spirit to touch their heart. It's warfare. It is warfare. People went to prayer for you, for you to get saved. People went to prayer for me, to get me saved. Hallelujah. And they didn't give up on me. I may have rejected them, but I knew that what they were saying was true. How me understand that the gospel penetrates through the blindness. They see the evidence in you. They see the reality of God in you. They see what the gospel has done for you, and that opens their eyes as well. And notice what Paul says, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, somebody say amen, but Christ Jesus the Lord. And ourselves, 
your bondservant. There's that word again. We, we shared that in the very first lesson in the book of Romans, that bondservant for Jesus' sake. We are your bondservant. Is that the way you see the people that you share the gospel with? That's how you see yourself. You're not preaching yourself. You are sharing the gospel and you're a servant to others. Somebody say amen. For it is the God who commanded light. Notice what he compares this to in sharing the gospel. The gospel is the power of God. He says, it is God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. He's talking about creation. And, and for somebody to be born again, it is a creative miracle. You can't just waltz into it or just believe that you were born into it or somehow baptized into it like some churches believe. No, this is a work of God. It is the gospel that is preached. It is the seed of God. It is the seed of life that comes out of us into the heart of someone and God brings the light. The light begins to shine. It's like creation. God begins to create in you and I. He begins to work in you and I until we become sons and daughters of light. We were darkness, but now we're light. We were of the devil, but now we are sons and daughters of God. It's a miracle. It is a creative miracle. And I'll never get over it. Hallelujah. You should always keep that first love for this reason. That God did something in you that no one else could do. You couldn't get the education to get it done. And people go to seminary, they get overeducated and they miss God. The Pharisees in Jesus' time, they were the most educated people in the word of God, yet they didn't even know that Christ was among them, the very son of God that God had promised them in the word. And so it's easy to miss God if God isn't working in us. That's why it's always important. Like I said, God set a fire in my soul. Lord, assess my fire. Where is my fire? Is it going out? Is it burning brighter? What is it, Lord? You know, songs convict me. I'm so thankful for the worship ministry of the church because it, it softens the blow many times from God. Hallelujah. I, I love when God... I, I, I love being open and allowing God to bring his light again and refresh my soul. For it is the God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, who has shown where? In our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the person, in the face of Jesus Christ. He's all in all. Somebody say amen. So it's God that gave you the knowledge of who Jesus is. It's God who gives us the knowledge and revelation of who he is becoming in us, what he's wanting of us, how we are to serve him, what are we doing, our calling. He just begins to unveil this light of the glory, this knowledge of God, the great knowledge of God, germinating, growing, but it's all in the person of Jesus. It all centers around Jesus. Somebody say amen. It's all in him. Hallelujah. But we have this treasure in, everybody say this treasure, in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power 
may be of God and not of us. So this gospel has many enemies. There's many enemies to the gospel. That's why it's so important for us not to be ashamed of it and for us to preach it not out of um, our own selves or out of some uh, sort of deceitfulness or craftiness of the word, but keeping it pure. This is, this is where I have to part ways with listening to some preachers because they're really good in some parts, but in other parts, it's like, where did you get that? What are you saying? How can you deny that? It's very important for you to keep a discerning heart and, and, and keep it pure. I want to read the Word of God and believe what it says and rest on that. I don't want to make things up like I am the one to determine what God said and what God is still doing today. How many understand what I just said? You take the Word of God for what it is and you raise your standard to that level instead of bringing everybody down. I'm talking about many teachers today. I mean, I love 90% of what they say, but then it's like this 10% over here, where did you get that? Why are you saying that? That's not the truth. And so it's very important for you to be discerning that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. One of the things that men in the pulpit or women in the pulpit can easily do is manipulate people. And you, you do not want to sit under manipulating people. You want, to, you want, to, you want the transparency to come. You want the, the reality of, of that person, the purity of that, that heart preaching the word of God. And you want to receive it that way as well. God, is this what... You're saying you want to study? Study to show yourself approved, Paul said. He said it to Timothy, and he's saying it to all of us. But this treasure is far superior to any other uh, treasure, earthly treasure. It is of such high value. The gospel is a treasure. Somebody say amen. And its message is very, very powerful. And if it is believed... It transforms both a person in this life and their eternal destiny. That's pretty powerful. Their eternal destiny hinges, hinges on hearing the gospel and believing the gospel. It's life-transforming news. I remember as a young boy hearing the gospel for the first time. And I, I, I believed it right away, but I didn't respond to it. And it was years and years later that I responded to it. Uh, Even as a teenager, I heard it again, the conviction of God. Or a young teenager, I think I was 12 or 13. And and the conviction again, God was wooing me, drawing me, but I just, I didn't follow. And it wasn't until I was uh, 18, almost, almost 19, when I gave my life to Christ and really just poured my heart out. And I experienced the power of it, but also experienced the attack of the enemy. How many knows? The enemy doesn't give up easy. So you got to learn to fight. Everybody say, look at your neighbor, say, learn to fight. Learn to fight, not with flesh and blood, by the way, but uh, with principalities and powers in the name of Jesus, with the sword of the Spirit. 
speaking the promises of God because the gospel encompasses the word of God and this gospel has power. It's the power of God not only unto salvation but unto victory, unto victory. Somebody say amen. It is the most important information I've ever received in my life, the gospel. It is the most important information anyone can receive. And that's why it should be a high priority for us to share it and kind of be happy about it. Maybe make sure that your face is informed about the joy in your heart. Somebody say amen. It is the most important thing that we could ever share with people. And then you share your testimony. This is how Jesus saved me. This is what he's done for me. And uh, let's look at Mark chapter 8, verse 35, about the gospel. This is what uh, Jesus said. Whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake, there's a, that's a powerful uh, revelation there. And the gospels will be saved. They, they will save their life. The word save there means to rescue in other words, everyone's in peril. They're in peril of sin. They're in peril of God's judgment. They're in peril without Christ. We're in peril without Christ. And the peril is that if our heart ceases to beat and we pass away and we haven't given our life to Christ, of course, then we do not enter into the eternal bliss. And so this gospel message is what gives them the possibility to receive eternal life. But notice this. Jesus goes on. He says, for what will it profit? Listen to this. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? So when the gospel is preached, there has to be an exchange made or it or it doesn't work. It has to be, I lay down my life for this knowledge. I give my life to the one who gave his life to save me. Somebody say amen. And it's a great exchange, by the way. You can, you can never, uh, you will never regret, I'll, I'll put it that way, you will never regret giving your life to Jesus. If you have not made that decision, you need to make it now. Somebody say amen, because this is, this is it. This is the, where you are destined to be in as a son or a daughter of God. See, Jesus went about preaching and teaching the gospel of the kingdom. He preached and taught the gospel of the kingdom. And he was declaring that his kingdom was coming to not only capture the hearts of men and women and win their hearts by the love of, of the Father, but he was serving notice on the nations as well. My kingdom is going to grow. My kingdom is here to stay. And my kingdom is taking over eventually. Now, he said in his first coming, remember, he said, if, if, if I were here this time, really, to take over, then we would be fighting. But we see in the book of Revelation that Jesus had another plan to take over the nation. Somebody say amen to that. But he's looking at people's hearts now. He's winning hearts. He's ruling the nations, and, but he is winning people's hearts. 
And so the king, he went about healing the sick, right? Remember that? He healed the sick. Uh, he healed people of diseases. He even raised the dead. Praise God. Healing miracles. Listen, and we talk about the power of God in the gospel. Healing miracles are a sign, listen, that the message of the gospel is genuine. It is real. It is valid. It is authentic. And, and it's so important for us to understand that. Now, not everybody I've prayed for has gotten healed, but a lot of people I've prayed for and you've prayed for have gotten healed. And so there are signs and wonders that are following the preaching of God's word, the preaching of the gospel. Mark 16, 20 says this, and they went out, this was after Jesus ascended, they went out and preached everywhere, everybody say everywhere, and the Lord, who? The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs, through signs and wonders. And everybody said, amen. amen. So expect when you're sharing the gospel or when you intend to ensure the gospel, look for the supernatural working of God as well. Always look for an opportunity to pray for that person as you're sharing the gospel. Are they discouraged? Are they hurting? Do they have wounds? Do they have sickness? Do they have disease? What's going on in their life? Are there relationships that need to be healed? What is it? Pray into that. Be the sign and wonder that Jesus wants you to be to them. And then produce the signs and wonders. You would be surprised at how often God works so powerfully in the life of an unbeliever. I mean, he is showing off. I mean, he just loves to move in the lives of those who don't necessarily believe or have believed the gospel. And he did with me. Oh, did he ever show up? Did he show up in your life before you got saved? Yes, he did. He, he worked on me so well. Thank you, Lord. So let's look at understanding the power of the gospel. Let's look at understanding the gospel real quick. What time is it? Eight, a little after eight. Number one, is, as Paul said, it is the power of God. Everybody say, it is the power of God unto salvation. It is the power of God unto salvation. And so, what does that mean? That means that, that God is producing eternal life. You can't, no one can receive eternal life except the Holy Spirit, except the Father give it to them. It is the dunamis. Everybody say dunamis. That produces wholeness. That produces redemption. That's what that means. It is the power of God unto salvation. It is the working of God himself on the inside of your spirit. Hallelujah. People want evidence of God. Well, believe the gospel and you'll have evidence. Just believe it and see what God does, right? Because God begins to work. The dunamis power begins to work in us. It, it brings del deliverance. It brings redemption. It rescues us. There is recovery in it. God begins to recover things in, in your life. He, he builds up relationships that were mended. He heals your broken heart. There's so many things that the power of God begins to do when we hear the gospel. And you know it, I know it, and people need to hear it. There's the supernatural power of God in it to save, to heal, to fill, to deliver, and to equip. 
understanding the gospel, you must understand the power and the salvation that it produces. The word salvation is wholeness, that God is looking to not only make us sons and daughters of his, created in his likeness, receiving his divine nature, but listen, to also demonstrate to the world that that this is what I do. I make trophies of my grace. Somebody say amen. And he is producing wholeness. And so my, my mind that was wounded, that was rejected, you know, all the things that I was dealing with before I was saved, God began to work in me and to change all of that. He began to produce security in me, not insecurity. Somebody say amen. He began to produce confidence. He began to produce love. He began to produce acceptance of myself as well as, as, as accepting others. And so this is the work that this gospel produces. It becomes a great and living organism almost in our lives. Jesus put it this way in one of the parables. He said, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It's just, you throw it in the ground, all of a sudden it starts producing, and it becomes a great tree that we're, we're Birds of the air come and rest in it. Somebody say amen. Your life is to be a respite for people. Somebody say amen. That when people get around you, they're not anxious, they're not uptight, because you're not uptight. Why should you be uptight when the king of glory is on your side? Why not rest and relax? Somebody say amen and pray about everything. I get, I get such a kick at it. You know, I know, I know. I'm not perfect in this area, but I'm learning patience. I'm learning to be more and more forgiving and patient. But, you know, uh, don't just blow a gasket just because, you know, somebody doesn't say the right thing to you or say it in the right way or whatever. You know what I'm saying? No. Let the Holy Spirit work in you. This is the dunamis power of God, the salvation that he produces and let people feel like when they're around you that, that you are interested in them and, and that you, you are there to, to be a part of their lives. Somebody say amen. This is all the gospel. Number two, everybody say number two. It is its power that is the gospel. In understanding the gospel, you want to understand uh, its power and salvation work for anyone anywhere. Somebody say amen. Anyone, anywhere. This is so important. Some people look like hopeless causes. I mean, really. I look like a hopeless cause. Not now, I don't think, but you know what I'm saying. All of us did at one point, but see, this is the power of the gospel. This is the power of the good news. It's like a, it's like a weapon. It's, it flanks people. It just, it, all of a sudden, God just gets a hold of people. It's like, huh? you know, they find themselves in the pig pen, and the next thing you know, it's like, I don't belong here. This is what literally happened to me, and Tim, he told me the same thing. You don't belong in that bar. You don't belong with these people. You don't belong pushing drugs, selling drugs, pot, everything, water. This is not your destiny. 
I'm telling you, I am so glad people preach the gospel to me. Randy, you don't have to be this way. God has a better plan for you. Somebody say amen. It's all the gospel. God has something better. That's the gospel. It's good news. Somebody say amen. The gospel is relatable. The gospel is something that people want to hear. I mean, people are a mess out there. They are a mess. You say, my life's a mess. Well, shake yourself like Samson. Get those things off of you and just stand up and get in church every time the doors have open, are open. Let me teach you and, and pray every day and worship God. Somebody say amen. amen. Every day and just walk with him. He'll teach you. He'll empower you. But this thing works for anyone. To the, to the person that has never heard it, the Muslim in the deepest part of the deepest parts of Islam, if this gospel is heard, it works. Somebody say amen. It may endanger their life, but that's, that's part of the glory of God to rescue them out of all of that. Somebody say amen. It's powerful. Anyone, anywhere. And the whole thing works. The prosperity, the blessing of the gospel. I would have never been where I am in any stretch of the imagination of my life right now. I would have never been in anything that I have right now, own right now, uh, am right now, without the working of the gospel. And if it can work for me, it can work for anyone. Somebody say amen. amen. Your family may have not been saved had you not believed the gospel. My dad may not be sitting here had I not believed the gospel. I don't know. My marriage may have been wrecked had I not believed the gospel. I wasn't going in the right direction. My wife was going in the right direction, but I was going in the wrong direction. How many understand? And so it works everywhere, all parts of it, in any nation, whoever believes it. This thing is real. God shows up. God prospers you. God blesses you. God heals you. God will work in your life. He'll save your marriage. He'll make a great ministry. He'll call you. He'll do things for you. He'll kick the devil out. He'll bring the angels in. He does all kinds of things for us. This is the gospel. People need to know it. It isn't just, just Jesus died. That's where it all begins and rose again. Hallelujah. How does it work? Well, believe that Jesus died for your sins and my sins. And he rose again from the dead, conquering your sin and everybody's sin because all the sins of the world were placed on him. And that he gives you resurrection power, the Holy Spirit on the inside to make you a son and daughter of God. That's the gospel. All right. For it is the power of God into salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I mean, Greeks were just into knowledge. They just wanted to know new things. They, they loved every new thing under the sun, you know, kind of the way people are today with um, internet and all that. But the fact is that it works for anyone. Somebody say amen. It's so important that everyone hear the gospel. So important. That's why we support missionaries. That's why we support local ministries. That's why we try to raise up ministers and plant churches. Every one deserves to hear the gospel of Jesus. Why? Because Jesus died for them. Number three. Everybody say number three. Understanding the gospel. Almost done. It is a revelation from God of God's righteousness. Notice this. For it, in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God 
is revealed. In the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. God has a righteousness that isn't produced by the righteousness or religion of men. Uh, it isn't produced by the education of men. All of those things have their merit, I suppose. But only God can produce his righteousness. Somebody say amen. And, and boom, how is it received? By faith, from faith to faith from my faith to your faith, from your faith to somebody else's faith, my faith, your faith to someone else's faith. Faith, it must be met. The gospel must be preached by faith. It is a revelation of God. It is a revelation of God's right standing with men. What did the angels proclaim when Jesus was born? This is good news. This is good news. This is good news. Hallelujah. And God said that, that goodwill to men, this is God's will. Goodwill to men, this is God's heart, this is his righteousness. That he wants everyone everywhere to be saved. He doesn't want anyone to perish. And so it's a revelation of God's right standing with man. And we enter into that and then we become right with God. Everybody got that? How, how many understand? All right. The gospel is the revelation of God's goodness. It is a revelation of, from God of God's righteousness, but it is, it is the goodness of God. It's a revelation of God's intentions, his heart, how he, how he, how he has stooped really to, to our level and given us an escape from sin. The gospel is a revelation of God's King, Jesus, and his kingdom that he is establishing first in your heart and also in the world. And finally, understanding the gospel, it can only be revealed by faith, received by faith, and lived by faith. Notice this. He says, the just shall live by faith. What, is, what did he say? He says, um, for, the, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So let me explain. When Paul says that it is revealed from faith to faith, faith you and I are sharing the gospel we're radiating the gospel. We're living the gospel. We're living it out. People are seeing it. We're letters to them. We're, it's written in our heart. It's written on our mind. We, we're carrying it around with us. Somebody say amen. See, in the Old Testament, they used, to have to, they used to have to bind the word on their heads and on their forehead and all of that. It was all, a, it was all symbolism. It was all symbolic of what we're actually enjoying right now, the glory. You know, we look to him and we radiate the glory of God. We just look to him and, and there's a radiance in our lives. There's a power in our lives. And when we open our mouth, it doesn't matter. I mean, we could talk about the bangles. We, well, we don't want to talk about the bangles this week, but we could talk about anything. We could, we could, we could share any, anything and we could still be radiating the love and the power of God for somebody's life. We could be praying for them while we're pulling them into conversation. Somebody say amen. And, and you know, some, God doesn't mind if you do sneak attacks on people. Hallelujah. You just got to start pouring into people's faith. That's what I preached on last Wednesday. Pouring into people, pouring into their faith. Because if they don't have faith, they don't have anything. 
It all begins there. And so, so you talk to them about their belief system, what they believe, how, how do they see God, and all those things. And then you start pouring into them and, and building their faith. How does faith come in people's heart? How does it come? By hearing the word of God. Somebody say amen. And so you don't have to say, thus saith the Lord to people, or quote scripture and verse. You just speak the word. Jesus didn't quote scripture and verse. Many times he didn't even speak the, the prophet's name that wrote the word of God. You just speak the word of God. People go, oh, that's good. Where'd you get that? But if you start getting all preachy on people, then they get, you know, their, their claws come out. But it's revealed from your faith to their faith. Speak to their faith. Pray to their faith. Pray, God, encourage their faith. And then, and it's lived this way. It's lived this way. I am responsible to share the good news in whatever form the Lord gives me. Somebody say amen. Sometimes it's just good works. Sometimes it's good, good works with a word. Sometimes it's prayer, whatever it is. But listen, come on up here, Dave. Bring those lights down. You and I must not be timid. Look at your neighbor and say, don't be timid. Don't be timid, but rather be bold and confident that this gospel works. You will see it. You will see the fruit of it, the effect of it, the power of God in it. Somebody say amen. When you begin to say, okay, God, I'm meaning business with you. And, and, and by the way, it's so cool to see how new people are coming in. And they're, just, they're coming in because, yeah, we're praying for people, but many are being invited by others. And this is so good. We're seeing growth. We're seeing spiritual growth, numeric growth. I think for this year over last year, I think we're up like 20% in, in numbers over last year, at least numeric growth, which tells me something about your faith and what you're doing with your faith. You're speaking, you're sharing, you're bringing the gospel to others. Somebody say amen. Don't be timid. Be confident. And pour into others, and it will produce. You just water it. You just keep watering. I kept praying for my dad. I kept praying for my brother. I keep praying for people. I was praying for everyone on Sunday. God, all through the weekend, God, just work. You know, when I'm over here, I'm singing part of the time, and the other time, I'm just praying for you. God, just open people's heart let them feel your touch lord i can't i don't have anything god but you have everything hallelujah to give people i just I, this is we we you know we can't be confident I, there's i know better to be confident in myself i must be confident in him look at what paul said that the excellency of the power may be of god and not of us amen how many people have come into this place? And this is a sacred place. This is a sacred place to me because it's, it's where we meet with God. And I know that may seem a little strange to some pastors. And I know that this building is not the church. You and I are the church. But this is where we get to meet with God. Hallelujah. And this is where we get to impart things that build the faith of others that you carry with you out there to impart to others. You live this thing by faith. It can only be revealed by faith. 
And that's everything that I can do. God, you, you, I believe that you're working in people's hearts right now. And that they're receiving it by faith. And that they're going to live it by faith and share it with others. I want you to stand with me right now. Let me give you some concluding thoughts. God's treasure is your responsibility to steward. Steward the, the treasure of God, the gospel. God, is there anybody that needs to hear it? Hear the good news about your healing power, about what you want to do in their life. This gospel stretches just not unto salvation, but unto healing, unto prosperity, unto relationship mending. The, it is the power of God unto so many things. Certainly salvation. That's where it starts. But unto everything else. Somebody say amen. And so, who are you pouring into? Who are you giving this blessing to? God's blessing and victory. Who are you giving it to? I was talking to somebody today. It was so funny. They were just beating themselves up. Be, I said, stop. Stop saying negative things about yourself. Have you ever done that to somebody? Have you ever done that for yourself? Don't say negative things about yourself. Ever. Confess your sins to God. Somebody say amen. And if you feel guilty about something, go to God about it. But don't beat yourself up all the time. Rebuke that devil. Somebody say amen. This is a good news thing. So be praying. Be praying for people. Look for opportunity. Expect anointing from God. You carry the anointing. You carry the fire of God. All right? Say this out loud and declare it to the Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that I am anointed by you to pour into others, to build their faith, to share the gospel. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you've called me to reach, teach, to love, and encourage others in their faith to share the gospel with the lost, with the saved, with the backslidden, wherever I go. Thank you that it works, Lord, in anyone, anywhere. Hallelujah. And I'm so glad that you have taught me this great and glorious gospel. Let the demonstration of its power be all of you for your glory and honor. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise right now. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh my soul. I worship his holy.